Can you repeat the top one, please? Say two. two. Slow. Slow. Now, I want to put a graphic up. We didn't do it last year. Can we do it? I'll put my graphic back up again if we can. That illustrates this principle. There it is. Thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate that. And it's, um, it's, it, it, I love this because it's a man on a turtle trying to ride fast. And it, it really is interesting how some people really think that if you just try, uh, you can get there, uh, no matter how long it takes. But that's not always true. You can be too slow. Say that one more time. Come on. Too slow. And I, I don't know that it, it's easy to face the fact that you can be so slow that you'll miss your purpose in life. You can take too long. You can take too long to change. You can take too long to grow. You can take too long. You can take too long to save a relationship. You can wait so long, the person can go through so much that one day they wake up and they're no longer interested in trying because they've lost faith. Too slow. The series is not really an encouraging series necessarily in the sense that it doesn't necessarily, uh, and we, we have these talk-throughs where we, we talk them out before I preach them, and it's really fun because one person said, well, listen, where's the hope, Pastor? I mean, is, are we going like, to give people like at the end like a punchline? Okay, but even though you've been slowed, now you, God is going to redeem you. Not all the time. If you take too long to make certain changes, your health can get on a road that cannot be turned around. Everybody say, too slow. Too slow. You know, it, 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 you have to be a compliant person. You have to be a person who's willing to change your life. You have to be willing to say, uh, I can't do that any longer. There are a lot of people in jail today, and I do this prison tour with the Department of Corrections, and I'm traveling around all these prisons preaching and teaching, and um, really I'm teaching on choices. And one of the things that it's just, you know, you, I was, when I was, I was in a few this year, last year, not early this year, and, and I do an hour, about an hour Q&A. And it, the guys who stand up and say, hey, I, I, I used to, I was, I'm from Savannah. I used to, I, you, matter of fact, you spoke to me one time. You told me. I said to myself, you should have listened. <laughs> Too slow. Now you're here for five, ten years of your life. Do, do, do you understand how profound a change that is? I was in a went to one prison and I, was, I went up to, I couldn't find the front gate. I went to the back of the prison and it, it had like a couple of entrances and so I went to the wrong entrance. And some guys were out there, you know, in, in, um, in work clothes, uh, prisoners, and, but you know, they'd risen to the level where they could work outside. And I, I said, hey guys, I'm, tr I'm trying to find the front gate. And they said, well, it's around it that way I said, well, how do I get there? And he paused for a minute, and he, and he hesitated, and he said, I, I really don't know. I, in other words, this is, this, is, this is all that's legal for me. I can't go past that. The, he didn't say it, but when he couldn't describe what was around the corner, literally, like 30, 50 feet around that way, he had never seen the front gate. He came in the back gate, was allowed to go out in the little yard here. That's what it's like. And to have been there for 10 years. You have to understand, there are people who've never seen an iPad, never, I mean, their, their, their whole world is locked, 
behind that gate. And it, it's, it's touching. And it's really powerful when you get to go in. And a lot of guys in this room, people watching me, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Choices. It's amazing, isn't it? You wake up one day and you realize they took too long. But here's the deal. You're hearing me now. So let's pretend you got some time. Because you're here now. But my encouragement is to young people in particular, don't assume you have forever to graduate from school. You don't have forever to have your family support. You don't have forever. You think you have forever? At some point, you wake up and you're 58, like me. And you can't believe it. I can't believe I'm 58 and people think I'm older. I look, I, you know, you, you're inside you feel, you feel the same age. You feel young inside, but your body don't look like it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't, you, you're not the same. You, the world changes. You, you wake up one day and you don't have enough money. And you can't believe that you went too slow. You were too slow saving. You were too slow dealing with your issues. You, you allowed yourself to be distracted by things. And so now that opportunity is gone forever. That job, you know, the, you, you, you took too long to, to come on time. You complained too long. You were too slow to get it. And so that's why it came to me, no, too slow. If you don't change, if you don't hear, if you wait so much longer, I don't know where your line is. But at some point, you need to pause and say, I, I need to get this, like right now. Having said that, let me kind of introduce you to where we're headed. The first of all, the big question, and I love one big question for the entire series, is going to be this. Are you going too slow to reach your purpose? Can you say that with me, please? Come on. Are you going too slow to reach your purpose? That is the big point of the whole series. I want you to think about that. There's a purpose you say you're called to, but are you going too slow? You'll never, you're never going to get there, the way you're going. Never going to get to a good marriage. Never going to get to the things you say you want. Down the road, starting next week, we're going to pick up on some other questions. Here's one. Are you slowed down by rebellion? That's today. Are you one of those people who's just a, I refuse to do that person. I refuse to take my medicine. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to exercise. I refuse to walk. So you're going to become immobile at some point. At some point, it won't work. At some point, a lot of people right now, they're immobile only because they absolutely refuse. They rebel. They, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not reading. I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not, no email. I'm old school. No, nothing. No. Somebody sent me a letter the other day. It was amazing. And I didn't know what to do with it. I thought, oh, it's a letter. My goodness, it's a letter. <laughs> they wrote it with their hand. They wrote it up. I thought, okay, let me read. So I read it, and I thought, okay, now what do I do? I want a response. So I look for the email address. There's no email address. So I went to the off front office. I don't have an assistant now. I don't have a secretary um, who, you know, does that. My, all, my, all my office stuff is reorganized because I don't need it. It's like, what, what are they going to do every day? Nobody calls on the phone. Nobody calls me on the phone. It's hilarious. They used to call all the time. Phone be ringing all the time. Pastor Rick, Pastor Rick. Now it's the email. It's the email. I mean, it's, that's the only way they communicate. Or they rarely do that. So I had to, okay, I said, so I dictated a letter. So, okay. Tell them ABCD, blah, 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 and then find a stamp. Anybody got a stamp? Let's find a stamp. <laughs> let's send, let's send. I mean, we have, we have a mailing system in our office. I mean, I, you know, we, we got it. We worked it out. But it, it was just, that was, it take them three days to get it. <laughs> three days. I mean, it's like, I couldn't believe it. I said, wow, it's going to be a long time before she hears an answer on this one. Yeah. It was, it was a 
nice. It was a nice response. You know, somebody, it's, I, I'll tell you what it was. Somebody, somebody, don't, don't, it wasn't petty. It was nice. I thought it was, it was cool. It was, it, it's, I love you. You come to our church and you preach. We love you. But you don't have any wedding rings on. You always talk about your wife. And so she said, why don't you have a ring on? That's what she asked. Diane read the letter and gave it to me, and I, I responded. And, and so I said, well, my, my fingers swell. If, they would, I would, if I could wear rings, I'd bling all the time. <laughs> I like rings. I'd have more men. You would, you, if, listen, if, if it ever works out, you say, look at it, Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> I got gold on. I'd be styling. But, you know, I, so I wrote her back, and it was fun. But I, I just think there are moments when you just, you just feel like, man, Am I, am I, am I going to miss my purpose in life because I'm rebelling? And that's the day we'll talk about that. And then next week we talk about a lack of preparation. Are you slowed down because of your lack of preparation? You don't prepare. And we'll look at Joseph's life and we'll talk about that and how, how he was prepared for an opportunity. And that to me is what a lot of people are not ready for. God wants to bless you, but you're not prepared for it. Number three, are you slowed down by frustrated ambition? Can you say that with me, please? Say frustrated. Ambition. ambition. Judas is this guy we're studying. Judas was a guy who just had one ambition. He, he was frustrated when it didn't work out. You know, you had a, a view of your life. I'm going to be a director of movies. I'm going to be whatever, whatever, whatever you thought you were going to be. And so when it doesn't work out, then you abandon ship. You don't want to, you know, be committed to anything. You're frustrated because your ambition is not the ambition uh, that has worked out for you. And now you want to betray everything. Then lastly, and this is not in your notes, this is number four, and you, you need to write this down. Are you, are you slowed down by your spiritual perception or your spiritual maturity? You can be slowed down in life because you are not spiritually mature. And that, that's important because your maturity level spiritually affects how you see things. Can you see with God? Can you, can you perceive things properly? When things go a certain way in your life, do you lose, lose touch? I'll give you a hint verse. You ready? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you can read it on your own. Paul said you were babes in Christ. You, you, there's a youngness about you that shouldn't exist in the way you see things. And I, and I, I, I really believe that study will help us as a church because there's a tendency, if you're not careful, to be small in thought. And, and part of that's tied to the, the way we, 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 we think. Um, the idea that it's supposed to always be a certain way. Uh, I'm supposed to always have raises. I'm supposed to always have money. I'm supposed to always have uh, opportunity. No, some days are boring. Some days everybody's on vacation. Some days, some days it's not fun. Mature people get that. They don't whine because every day in marriage is blissful. You know, make me happy. Make me happy. Really? Some days it's boring to be married. It's boring to be a pastor. Some days you don't want to preach. Some days you don't want to do anything. Life is boring. Sometimes the laundry gets on your nerves. I get all that. But mature people get it. And sometimes because of your perception that somehow life's supposed to be some imaginary TV show, that shows that you're, you have a maturity issue and, and that can slow you down because here's what you do. You, you spend so much time doing this. You're, you're riding along in your life, right? You're feeling really great. Life is going great. And all of a sudden, oh, man, I can't believe I didn't do that. Oh, I should have done that. I should have saved more money. So you get out the car. You, you stand on the side of the road and grieve for like a month, you know. And then you get back in the car. And okay, you get over that. And now you get back in the car. Oh, and you're driving along. You're doing good. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. You get out of the car. And now you grieve for another month because of what you said to somebody and they're offended. You're never going to get anywhere. Too slow. You're going to you're gonna have to speed past a lot of that. And it takes maturity to do that. It takes maturity to understand that everybody will not like you. 
You spend too much energy, too much emotion on that. And, and I believe that some of us will never get to our purpose because we are slowed down by things that should not slow us down. Amen. Everybody say, too slow. Come on. Too now, there are three questions that I ask myself about me, about my church, and about my family that help me. And they might help you, too. And I like to personalize every sermon so that it's not just me preaching at you, but here are my questions to myself. Is there an area in, our, in my life, in our lives, where we are saying by our actions, I refuse? Would you, would you just think for a minute, is there something in my life, someplace in my life where I, I've just said, no, I'm not doing that? What, what does God do with that? What does anybody do with that when you refuse? And you have to look at your actions. You have to just, don't, don't listen to your words, just, I refuse to exercise. I refuse to eat right. I refuse to try. I refuse to sleep. I refuse to rest. I refuse to forgive. There are certain things you just refuse to do. And that's rebellion. The word rebellion is not one that we want to attach to ourselves. But if I'm really honest, there are times I have rebelled. And I can give illustrations if I look at my actions. Number two, I ask myself, have we been slowed down and not properly prepared for our purpose? Are we... Are we saying we want it, but we're not prepared? That's next week's sermon. And then number three, have we been slowed down because we keep focusing on what we wanted to have? I'm always talking about what I wanted to have, but I don't have it. So I spend all my life and, and all my sorrow there, and it just really stops my life from moving forward. Now, I want to show you a church, a church, not a church, but a group of people who did this, who did it, and they were great examples. And I chose one nation, one group of people, because you're not going to remember four or five, so here's one. Everybody say Israel. There are examples today of a group of people who basically responded too slow. They responded too slow, and I want to show you how God responded to them. And once I show you how God responded to them, then I'm going to show you how the people responded back to God. So this whole scenario is pretty simple. You know it. It's a well-known Bible story. God delivers Israel from Egypt. They've been there for hundreds of years, and they weren't supposed to be there. The reason they end up being there for several hundred years is because they moved too slow. If you go back in Israel's history, Joseph, there, uh, was, Joseph was the guy in Genesis who was sold into slavery by his brothers, if you remember it, Jacob's son. And when he was sold into slavery, uh, he ended up in Egypt, and he could interpret dreams. And so Pharaoh had this dream of seven fat cows, seven skinny cows. And he didn't know what it meant, and he'd call all of his wise men, and nobody could interpret it. So he says, nobody can interpret this. And one of the guys says, I know a guy in prison who, you know, he was there unfairly, Joseph was, who can interpret your dream. Joseph comes up out of prison. They clean him up. He interprets the dream. He said, you're going to have seven years of, fam of, of, of plenty. And he said, you're going to have seven years of famine. So what you ought to do is you ought to save a fifth of what you have and prepare for those years of famine, and you'll be okay. Pharaoh was so impressed, he promoted him to be the second in charge of all of Egypt. What a promotion. From prison to number two in charge. When he becomes number two in charge, what's amazing is his brothers who sold him into slavery, they come looking for food during the years of famine. So they see him. He's 30 years old now. He was 17 when he came. 30 years old now. And I want you to watch what happens. When he comes, Joseph uh, tells his brothers after they find out it's him, I know you did this for evil, but God had a plan. He wanted to save our family from the famine. So he brings 70 people from, from, from um, Canaan to Egypt to save them from the famine. Well, once you get into good life, it's hard to leave, right? Why would I want to go back to living in a tent? Help me understand this. I got Joseph 
my cousin, my brother, whoever, you know, he's, hey, Joseph, we Joseph's family. You know what I'm saying? Don't you like to be first class? Isn't it nice when you know somebody, that's like, and they invite you, and you get to go with their first class. It's really cool. So, so there you go. They, they live in Egypt, and they're feeling good. Life is great. And so then they die, and then Joseph dies. And then you get to Exodus chapter 1. What chapter did I say? Exodus chapter 1. Now we have Israel. They're in slavery because here's the statement. Joseph died. Their meal ticket died. He's gone. And, there, and it says that there were those who rose who knew not Joseph. Joseph who? We don't know any Joseph, so they enslaved all of them. Because there were so many of them, they thought, man, these people, if, if, if they ever turn on us, they could join our enemies and take over the whole country. And so surely what happens is for hundreds of years they end up in slavery. So now when you get to to this chapter, God takes them out and he delivers them from Egypt. Moses comes along and they get in the wilderness and they start complaining. And they start saying, ah, we should have stayed in Egypt. It's terrible. It's out here. It's hot. It's no food. It's just one thing after another. And so God helps them, gives them food. God gives them water. God turns things around. So everything's going. God does all he can for them. And they do this 10 times. God, in a minute, he'll say, I, 10 times you guys did this to me. 10 times you complained. 10 times you had an issue. And so here's the warning for us in Hebrews chapter 3. Paul summarizes this in Hebrews 3, this whole story. And he says this, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts in the, in, as they did in the rebellion. What rebellion? Well, keep reading. For you've heard who rebelled indeed. Was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? So the rebellion happened when they were in the wilderness, when they were coming out of Egypt. So all these people now are in the wilderness. They're complaining and rebelling. And he's saying, do not be like them. Do not be like these people. Verse 17. Now, when, with whom was he angry for 40 years? How long was he angry? 40 years. Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses or whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom he, did he swear that they should not enter his rest? Wait a minute. He promised that these people that he was angry with, he, because of their rebellion, would never enter into the promised land, never enter into his rest. But to those who did not obey, that's who he promised this to in verse 18. So we see, verse 19, that they could not enter in because of the big word. What's the big word? Unbelief. Now here's the point. So these people rebel, and he says, don't be like them. He said, today... When you hear my voice, that's the first verse I thought of when I thought about this series. When you hear my voice today, don't harden your heart. Don't be like these people. They were too slow. And because they're too slow, they're never, ever, ever going to ever enter into my rest. Notice how God responds to them. And he basically, basically punished them. I'm going to kill all of them. Their bodies are going to fall in the wilderness. And Moses intercedes. And when he intercedes in Numbers chapter 14, verse 20, almost there, well, hang with me. The Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these people who have seen my glory and my signs, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have put me to the test, these how many times? Ten, Ten times have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers. In other words, all these people who have seen everything I've done, they've seen me 
They've seen me open the Red Sea. They've seen me with the plagues in Egypt. They've seen me drain down manna from heaven. They've seen me bring water from the rocks. They've seen everything. You mean, think about yourself, okay? You've seen God give you jobs. You've seen God open up doors for you. You've seen yourself get in school when you didn't qualify. You've seen all kinds of stuff happen, right? All these amazing opportunities for you. And then he said, these 10 times for them, how many times for you? I don't know, right? But at some point, at some point, he said, they can't go in. Now, that just makes you say, come on. That sounds so incredible. They, you know, I mean, especially when you see the, the final part of this. If you go to number three in your notes, watch this. In number three, Numbers chapter 14, Moses told these words to all the children of Israel. You're not, because here's what God told them. Everybody that's 20 and over is not coming in. Everybody that's 20 and over who's done this is not going in. Only the 19-year-olds and below. Remember the people I told you? 19 and below. Only a 6% probability of coming in grace. Something about when you get past 20. So he said, 19 and below, it's going to go in, nobody over. And so when the people heard these words, the people mourned greatly. With me? Numbers 14, 39, verse 40. They arose early in the morning and they went up to the mountain saying, repeat with me please, say, here we are. Come on. Here we are. are. In other words, we're sorry, Moses. We're sorry now. We really are sorry. Listen, I've been late every day. You know, I've been late every day on the job. You told me I only had three times to be late, but... This is the 10th time, but here I am now. I'll be on time to work. Here I am now. I've, I've, heard, I've, you know, I've, 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 I've offended you, slapped you around every day of my marriage for the last 10 years. But now here I am. I'm, I'm putting down my gloves. No more hitting, right? Here I am. I mean, so here I am. Here, what, is your, what is it that you have taken so long to do and assume that it's going to be okay? His statement was profound. Here we are, we're sorry, we're sorry, please. But here's what Moses told them. Moses said in verse 42, do not go up. If you go up now and you try to fight, you'll be defeated. That's no longer your your gift. That's no longer what you can do. This job is over. This opportunity in this location has changed. And let me tell you, that can be a hard moment. Here's why I'm saying it. I don't want you to get to this place. I don't want you to go so slow and make this assumption that that can't be you. You can do so much. You can call you, your kids come over. You can call them stupid. You can tell them tell them off because you, you're the mama and you got the right. You know you can. But you can do that. But one day something can click, and they can say. One person told me the other day. They said nobody could insult me more than my mother had. You could never, ever say anything to me that's meaner than what my mother said to me about me being gay. It was profound. Pastor Rick, oh, please, <laughs> call me a name. Name it. <laughs> she called me all of them. Oh. Goodness gracious. I don't have to agree with the person's choices, but man. <laughs> wow. Come on. I mean, come on. I mean, what, what is it that you don't get? What is it that you don't see? 
You're moving too slow here. You got to catch up. That's too, you can't do that. I see it in their faces. I counsel all these people, and I'm telling you, I see it. I see it in their faces every day. It rocks me to the core. And then there, there, there's this place you go. Somebody called me yesterday and said that to me. They left. Pastor Rick. They just left a note. After years of marriage, they left a note. Everybody say, too slow. Come on. Too slow to see, too slow to plan, something. Good people, all good people. Nobody putting anybody down, not judging anybody. I'm just saying, you just have to pause for a minute and steady yourself. How do you get to verse 42? Do not go up lest you be defeated, for the Lord is not among you. The Lord is not among you. If you go fight, you can go, but the Amalekites and the Canaanites, they're going to beat you. Here's why. Because you've turned away from the Lord. The Lord will not be with you when you stand in front of the courtroom because you keep doing the same thing. You've got to have your video. You're going to have to have video. Somebody's filming you. And you're not pausing. You're not stopping. There's no, and so, so help me understand. How then can you pray and say you didn't know? You're moving too slow. Too slow. You have to pause and you have to say to yourself, this is not the path I need to be on. I'm going to be with one more person because I, I like the way they look. After this night, it's over. This may be the night. This may be the AIDS night. Sorry, that bother apologize. It's just a thought. This could be the day. This could be the nine months later day. This could be the day. This could be the day. This is for some of you said you did not think it was that day, but it was that day. It was that day. It was that party. It was one party too many. It was one drink too many. Are you moving too slow? They went up, they presumed, verse 44, they went up and then they lost. They went up without Moses, they went, out without, they went up without Joshua, they went up by themselves. Verse 44, they presumed to go up to the mountaintop. Nevertheless, neither the ark, the covenant of the Lord, nor Moses departed from the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who dwelt in the, in, in the mountain came down and attacked them and drove them back. They lost. Because they went without God, they they. they they didn't solve the problem. So what's amazing is they say, here we are, but they weren't really here. They sounded like they were repentant, but to me, okay, if you're sorry for, for not listening, why are you still not listening? Help me understand. You're sorry. You're sorry. But, okay, I'm, why? What is this? There's a, there's a moment when you have to pause and say, I'm going, I'm going too slow. How much time has he already given you to respond? How much time? And here's, here's what's important for me. This is the scary part, and I'm done. There comes a moment when you force God to move beyond you to accomplish his purpose. There, there are people that can be in your life, and I love people. Let me tell you, I'm a, I love people. You know, I do. I really I love people. <laughs> I really do. I mean, that's, that's why I fit for this job. 
I mean, I'll come to your house, take my shoes off. I'm that kind of guy. I really enjoy it. Stay there for too long and have fun. Eat barbecue with you. Go in the backyard and cook it up. I'm like that. I enjoy it. But I can't own your life. You, you, you know what I'm saying? There, there comes a moment when if a person's going to accomplish their goal, they might have to cut you out of it. Here's what I tell married couples. Here's what I say. <laughs> when a person prays this prayer, Father, deliver me, give me finances, bless me, give me strength, give me, anoint me, God, help me. I want to travel the world. I want to be healthy. I don't want to fight anybody. I want to be at peace. Is the answer to that prayer getting rid of you? Is that the answer? You're never going to rein in the debt. You're never going to stop spending. You're never going to, never, never, never. I had a guy who was very wealthy. He, he, you know, he, he said, my marriage ended. And he, he said, Rick, let me tell you why. I, he said, I, I know you're surprised. He said, I, I, I put, I went to counseling. I talked, I tried. And he gave me this long list of things. And he said, I, I was going to buy her a, a house. I was going to buy her um, I was putting money down on her dream home. She, she went in that account. She drained it out. I wrote the check, and the check bounced. And I thought, what happened? The guys called me, and he's very wealthy. They said, hey, you know, your check bounced, man. Mm -hmm. He said, what check bounced? He's got a smirking, like, what check bounced? He's, and, he, and he looked, and he, she had, she had, she'd gone in and didn't know that he was using it for that purpose. And, it was, and he said, I just, I just know what to say she, she, she's, you got plenty of money her attitude you got plenty of money <laughs> just transfer some more in there in his mind I'll never have anything with that attitude not saying that's the best decision not, I'm, not, I'm just trying to say Lord help me God if this church is going to advance, I don't, want, I don't want the answer to be get rid of Pastor Rick because he's closed-minded and he won't listen to anybody and he won't, you know, he's not transparent. I don't, want to be, I don't want to be that guy. On your job, you don't want to be the guy that if a person wants to go forward, they, the company wants to move forward, you're always late, you miss deadlines, you got, you're in the room talking about the boss. Why would I pay you to talk about me? Help me understand that maybe you pay people to talk about you, but I don't pay people to talk about me. Maybe you should pay somebody 50000 to talk about you. He ain't in there. I can't stand him. He don't know what he's talking about. They should let me run the company. You ain't got no company. <laughs> Haven't you figured out where you at yet? You work here. And when you came in and you applied, you lied. Okay. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, I'll be one of your most faithful employees. I will be on time. Oh, I can't wait. Yes, I'm that kind of person. I can take criticism. No, you can't. <laughs> I called the company the other day. I was going to buy something to go order. And, I, and the person's attitude bothered me so much, I, I said, that's okay. And I went someplace else to eat. Because it's my money. Amen. Sorry. I don't have to come here. What do you want now? What do you want? Come on, tell us what you want. Tell us what you want. Tell us what you want. I'll have all day. 
<laughs> I'm normally really, really patient. I really am. I work with people, man, because I like people, like I told you. So one guy, one guy, I remember one time I called a company, and he was so rude. And I said, man, am I bothering you? Am I, like, interfering with your day? He said, you know, Mr. Temple, we just can't obviously service you. We really can't. Obviously, you need to just try another company. He did. He told me that. I said, okay. So I said, can I speak to your supervisor? And so he sure. He put him on the phone. <laughs> it was hilarious. I said, oh, boy, who hired you? So, so it's the truth. So I asked the supervisor. I said, hey, I'm Ricky Temple. Nice guy. I like your company. I like your service. Do you normally fire your clients? He said, pardon? I said, I'm just curious. I got fired a few minutes ago. <laughs> And, I, and I, didn't, I didn't do anything. I just asked a question. And it was just because, just because he couldn't, he was too slow to get it. You have to understand where you are in life. You're too poor to have a bad attitude. You're too broke. You can't get fired over this. Have it, just, go pull your account up right now. Look at it. Get your, get your phone out. Oh, yes, he's right. Prophetic. <laughs> I need to have a really good attitude. I need this job. I need this job. I need to stop talking about these people. I'm, I'm, too, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, catching, I'm not getting there. I'm not getting there. I always tell my kids. I always tell them. You want to come in and quote for me, Christine? I know you don't want me to bother you. You, you, can't, you can say this. I know you'll throw bad, but come on up here. Was Ricky not here? I, I always say this. You ready? I hate, she hates when I do this, but it's, I'm a daddy. So uh, I'm in charge. And, and, and I want to do this. Uh, uh, you might, you, you've heard me say it before. Grab the mic, Brad. Uh, give it a mic, yeah. Uh, it's something, you just got to, it's real brief. It's something I say, you're just going to quote me. Come up here, stay right here with your daddy. Come on up here. She's, she's fine. She's 28, she'll live. She'll be fine. She's strong. College graduate, she's fine. I said, I said, you might be dumb. But don't be the dumbest one in the room. Thank you, baby. That's all I said. Thank you. There you go. Might be dumb. Might be five, I mean, you know, maybe 10 people in here. And I might be one of the dumb ones, but I plan not to be the top dumbest one. <laughs> Come on, amen. You hear what I'm saying amen. to you? I don't want to be that slow. 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 Father, we get it in Jesus' name. We lift our hearts and our hands to you today, and we declare by faith that you've called us to this place. We ask you to let your spirit bring healing in our hearts and minds. Sometimes it's hard to know how fast to go and how slow to go. But one thing's for sure, there are some things we know and are clear you said to us. Some lessons we said we've learned. And so, Lord, help us to focus. Help us to wrap our minds around the truth and admit where we're going too slow. So, Lord, I thank you today. I give you praise and glory. Can I say one last thing before I close this out in prayer? You know the mistake I think a lot of us make? It's something I try not to do. When I'm not where I should be, and there are places I think I should be, things I think I should have, you know, whatever, should have accomplished, I don't blame anybody. I work on not doing that. Mama, your daddy, your cousin, your friend, your boss. Listen, this is my life that God gave me. Most of the time, my problem would be 
I went too slow or too fast. Ran ahead of God or running way behind. And so what I do is I check myself. I check myself. Next week I'm going to pick up on this. Because I want to be prepared to receive everything God has for me. So Lord, let us today leave this place. Not blaming anybody. For the first time, maybe laying it all down. Don't blame it on abuse. Don't blame it on what happened to me. Don't blame it. All that happened, and it's all, we understand that the pain of that. But, Lord, today, we focus our minds and our hearts on going forward. It's time for some of us to speed up. We're too slow. As a church, we've got to be fast, responding fast, quickly, to what God has called us to. Whether it be to serve or to give, to honor God, whatever it is, we've got to be faster. We've got to be faster to pray about things, faster to forgive, faster to step, get back in the car. I don't get out of the car and stand on the side of the road for a whole month or two months yelling up at the sky because somebody offended us. Get in your car and drive forward. Let it go. It's over. It was done. Let it go. And so in Jesus' name, I speak your word over our lives and declare that we are healed and we are moving forward. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, after hearing today's message, I want you to pray for me because my walk with God is the question, where I am spiritually. My walk with God, I need God's hand in my life. If you're here today and you just know that that's where you are, with every head bowed, every eye closed for privacy, and you want me to pray for your spiritual walk, that's what you're concerned about. And you want to be right with God, you say, you know, what you said made sense. I need to really be a little faster in my spiritual response. I need to give Christ my life. I need to make that decision. I've been talking about it for a long time, but I've never done it. If you're here, you know, if you're home, wherever you're watching, I want you to simply, every head bowed, raise your hand. Say, That's, pray for me. That's my prayer. Pray that prayer. I see one. I see two. I see three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, about fifteen, twenty, twenty-five of you or so. Father, we lift up before you these who come. Let this be a moment of healing, deliverance, and strength. Revive their hearts. Revive their minds. Help them find their focus. Help them find their way. I thank you for your healing touch. I thank you for the power of your word in their life. You died on the cross so that they might be free. Let this be the moment that they find freedom, healing, and deliverance in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. You glad you came? Amen. Hope you learned something.